and welcome to State of Mind, the Sea Press podcast with me, Grace Kingswell. This podcast series is an exploration into the lives of our guests, what drives them, how they've got to where they are now, and how they balance their work lives to maintain their state of mind. Today, I am talking to the wonderful Jade Jocelyn, fitness influencer and bikini body competitor. The whole world of bikini competing is a bit of an enigma to me, and my take on nutrition and health is very holistic by comparison, and the way I look at food is more to feed my body what it needs. What's so fascinating about the world of competing is that you have to be so strict and regimented with your food intake in order to lower your body fat percentage for the stage. And Jade and I have a really interesting chat around this topic of balancing health with aesthetic goals. Now, even if you're not a bikini competitor, this podcast episode is so valuable for anyone who's ever dealt with body confidence issues, difficult relationships surrounding food, and for anyone that just wants to feel uplifted and inspired. My husband is a musician, and just before you say, where is Grace going with this? I've always found it so incredible watching people work day in, day out to achieve a goal that's something they're really passionate about, and to never turn around and just sack it in for a desk job when the going gets tough. It's the same for Jade. Her mental toughness and the stamina that's needed to push her body to its absolute limits is ultimately what this podcast is about. And I think it's so commendable, even though I personally could never give up the carbs. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Sit back and relax because you are about to enter the Seapress state of mind. Hi, Jade. Hey. How are you? I'm really well. How are you doing? I'm really good. It's so nice to see you. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. <laughs> well, very exciting. I can't wait to talk to you about all things fitness <laughs> and gym and all of these things that I know nothing about. Well, you're going to give me podcast intimidation. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> no, I think it'd be great because we're definitely living in a time where people have got really obsessed with the gym. And, yeah, and podcasts. And podcasts. Which I think is awesome because you can listen to a podcast while you're on the way to the gym or yeah, in the gym. It's I like, find them, if I go for a run, I'll listen to a podcast because I can actually get lost in it. Whereas if I'm listening to music, my head is still going, do not run. This is awful. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're going to die. Also, I think podcasts are a really great way to learn about someone or about something. It's like educating yourself in a kind of like in an enjoyable way yeah for sure you're constantly learning but you're not sat down reading a textbook so yeah thanks for having me yay <laughs> hopefully people learn something <laughs> well hopefully what we're going to learn is all about this world of bikini comp- competing um which is something I don't know that much about apart from I do know that at some stages <laughs> you can't go out for lunch um sad times <laughs> And for someone like yourself that loves food, I yeah. know you're a self-confessed foodie. How do you do it? It's How do you restrict yourself that much? It's funny because my partner always says, like, I don't know anyone who loves food as much as you do. Yet you do things that stop you from eating a lot of the foods that you enjoy. Yeah. And I think maybe because I love so I love food so much, it, it's almost like a challenge to have to have that kind of self-control. But also it's like that kind of delayed gratification because then when you right. do have something, you really do enjoy it and you don't yeah. take it for granted. And I quite like that. It's quite rewarding. Um, and are there, are, there ta- are there times during your, it's called the, um, a bikini prep or a prep. bodybuilding prep yeah because you're prepping for a competition okay um and then when you're not prepping for a certain show you'll have an off season okay um but to be honest any serious athlete like if you're an olympic athlete if you're a runner like you'll always you, be careful you're always careful because actually it's your off season that you make the most progress right mm-hmm. because the gains the gains yeah is that when that happens <laughs> So it's it's the off season that you're going to be putting on muscle. You're going to yeah. like be getting your hormones back, like back kind of more balanced. You're going to be getting your health back, mindset. Um, and it's actually the prep that, although it might be physically quite hard, mm. I, I find the off season a little bit harder. Really? Um, yeah, which is really interesting. But um, always because you have a bit more freedom, but you kind of know that you shouldn't in a way. So it's like, oh, I technically can eat the I brownie, can, but but shouldn't. I shouldn't, you know. And yeah, I don't that's know. a horrible feeling. I feel like I, I never get that. <laughs> I don't know. 
I always ask myself um what's normal and what's not normal nowadays yeah um because I feel like the society we live in and especially in London we are a lot more health conscious a lot more health focused Mm. um so it's actually becoming a lot more normal to care about what's in your food whereas a couple of years ago bodybuilders and bikini athletes were completely looked at like aliens yeah yeah whereas I feel like it's quite normal to bring your own Tupperware places yeah hugely yeah but um yeah definitely as a foodie it can be quite restricting (laughs) how did you let's talk let's go back a few years then how did this all come about because from my perspective it is a hugely taxing process on the body incredibly strenuous and requires inordinate amounts of of self-determination and mental strength yeah so to come to the decision to put yourself through this and maybe explain to us first what that what it actually is yeah um yeah and then just tell us how it all started well it's quite funny a lot of people have this misconception of bodybuilding and bikini prep especially because it's a female thing bikini um as being super unhealthy but I always feel my most healthiest when I am prepping for a show even though I'm eating less calories than my body needs even though I'm training a lot harder than the average person you're so conscious of what you're putting in your body because you want to feel your body you want your body to be performing at its absolute best mm. that I almost feel healthier because I actually care about what I'm doing right um but rewind to how I got started I was working in Lululemon which is um an activewear store they're very yogi kind of health focused and my manager at the time was a pro she was a professional bodybuilder and it was the first time I was ever introduced to the sport first of all obviously you see it on tv you Mm. see it online but I have never seen someone so passionate or dedicated to something and it it was the first time in my life that I I saw someone like change their life and actually care so much about themselves in an unselfish way. And it was so inspiring because I personally don't think I've ever committed to something as much as my manager had committed to her her fitness journey Mm. and to her prep. And I I just said like at the right time in my life, I want to do that for myself. Like I want to be so committed to my goals. Like she put her food, her fitness in front of absolutely everything she put herself first and that was the thing that I was like I want to do that for myself yeah and were you in a place in your life at that stage where you needed something like that because you weren't putting yourself first oh 100% I was I had a really horrible relationship with my body I just wasn't happy within myself like Mm. mentally physically on the outside as well as the inside and although I liked eating healthy and I liked going to workout classes and stuff I had never kind of taken it that next step and really really committed to something and so what I did was in the April of 2016 I set myself a goal of competing in November of 2016 and just for context when people do bodybuilding competitions or bikini competitions usually they've been like weightlifting or training and building muscle for for very many years prior yeah no not Jade I just set myself (laughs) this random goal of doing it and just like when you decided to run didn't you just decide to run run a half half marathon marathon and didn't do one run prior (laughs) for another podcast so you must have you must be this kind of person that because I don't know if I would ever like I'm tempted to run a 10k at the moment which is nothing and lots for lots of people listening that's nothing but would I just book that willy-nilly not being a very good runner probably not so this must be like you're you're daring maybe but I would never think of myself as that way I just I think it's more of an internal challenge like with the half marathon it was like Well, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it Mm. because I had never run more than 5k before. And but I guess it's that if you don't try, you'll never know. Yeah. Um, And the body is amazing when you put your mind to something. And like, what's the quote? Um, It's like, what if I fall? Ah, But what if you fly? Yeah. And I think that's something that really like resonates with me and something I think about a lot because you can try and you can fail but guess what at least you tried and so I set myself this goal of the bodybuilding competition and I did it and like it it was amazing like honestly the whole journey I just learned so much about myself because you're you're you have that challenge every day of having to get up prep your food say no to things say no to social situations Mm. go to the gym when you don't want to go do something when when you don't want to do it when you're tired you constantly push yourself further than you ever thought you could and so after I did the first one 
I did one a weekend later and a weekend like the weekend after so I did two then in a row which was completely unplanned but I wanted to make sure that I actually really enjoyed Enjoyed it it. before I committed before I committed to it you know what I mean it's a big thing and it's I think it's a bit of a taboo subject still yeah that's why I love talking about it because I still love to eat really healthy I love like nutrition and there's no reason that you can't do both Mm. and that's what I'm trying to kind of get that message across that you can can be really committed to something quite restrictive but also still um do it in a healthy way if possible yeah and enjoy but you're gonna make sacrifices I guess so for our listeners that have no idea what a bikini competition is like (laughs) you would think that if you've been training in the gym for months and months and months that what you actually compete in is some form of gym based exercise but it's not now put on a very sparkly very <laughs> tiny bikini the smaller the better the smaller the better and you stand on a stage right and that's it yeah it's so quite- how does that work <laughs> it's quite funny you train and train to build as much muscle as possible I mm. suppose but also it's not just who can be the biggest it's you you have to you're working towards certain proportions you want to make sure you have the right ratios so actually right, I didn't know that. it's it's quite an art form really mm. and it's the same goes for the posing so you're not just standing straight on like straight on to the judges you're you're posing and posing is the art of hiding your flaws and showing your attributes at the end okay. of the day and, and it is I think, surely when you've got down to what is it like seven percent body fat you know in terms of flaws like there's not much <laughs> you would think but the lower body fat like it's it can be quite hard because you can't hide anything mm. so for example you might strip your body fat really low which is obviously can be detrimental to your health and to your hormones but then you might show that actually you don't have very built glutes and yeah. uh, you know what then you could get marked down for not having enough tissue and also you're constantly fighting the battle of needing to strip down as much body fat as possible without losing muscle without losing yeah. muscle right and that's why nutrition is so important in bodybuilding you know like mm. it it it's a it, it's so much of it you know it's yeah. you could not compete you could not step on stage a hundred percent and so I have so many people message me on social media like clients everything they're like what's the best ab workout like to do for abs and I'm like eat well well. (laughs) yeah yeah because the reason you get visible abs is from from stripping your body fat down right yeah um but yeah it's that it's quite like and you know me well and you know how the way I live my life and I'm quite holistic and I'm very zen and I'm you know I've kind of been through this journey of going to the gym and now I'm in a very different place and I just I don't know I really there's two things I firstly admire what you do so much because the mental capacity to put yourself through that must be huge and then at the same time I'm just like this just can't be good for you it just can't and you've mentioned a couple of times now and let's touch on it a bit more about this question of losing your periods or your hormones going out of whack and how does that because you're you are a foodie you're really healthy you're so into fitness and nutrition how does that sit with you kind of in your heart of hearts like yeah you you do your quest is is ultimate health but how does what you do on a daily basis and the way you train and the way you compete sit with that I feel like when I hear people complain about prep or they say how hard it is and stuff I'm like then don't do it because you have that choice you know like if people start complaining that they're hungry and that they're tired I personally just don't understand because I'm I'm like you're well you're choosing to do this you know and Mm. I think for me choice is such a powerful thing and actually comes down to like like our mindset and I obviously choose to do something because I I want to do it you know and I always think like half of me is like all of you in terms of like really holistic and I absolutely love superfoods and the nutritional benefits of food and all that but I just apply that side of things to my bodybuilding yeah and for me like I said I always feel so much healthier on prep because I look at my life before I was gymming and before I was um competing and I didn't care about myself like Mm. I didn't care about what I was putting in my body I didn't care about my body and now 
because of the bodybuilding and because of the competitions yeah it's like I care so much yeah um but it is quite hard for me especially being on social media because so many people have so many negative things to say yeah and I understand that and that comes back down to like what you were saying in terms of like um obviously how your health can be be sacrificed on Mm. a bikini prep because for any listeners when you are competing if you're a bodybuilder especially for the guys because they have to get leaner than the girls really it's not the same well in bikini in my category you still have to be feminine that's like one of the criteria is actually to still look feminine and you'll get actually marked down from being being too hard is what it's called or too dry and that means if your muscles are like if they're too prominent so I'm quite fortunate in the category that I compete in is that you still have to have feminine curves. Um, But saying that, I think my body fat got down to like 10%, which is really low for a female. And when, for a female, like you, you need fat for your hormones, right? Yeah. So it's like, finding that balance of eating enough fats every day while still being on low calories and that's when you start looking at the nutritional benefits of food okay well if I only have 30 grams of fat to eat today where am I going to get those 30 grams of fat yeah and And you're going to go to oily fish yeah you're going to be eating your salmons you're going to be having your oils you're going to be going for those foods that are going to give you the most nutritional benefits as, as possible yeah. because you don't have a lot of them, right? And is that something that you've had to educate yourself on or are you helped by your coach to make those choices? When I first competed in 2016, it was also new to me. Like I had no idea what a macronutrient was. I was yeah. like a macro what? I just had a meal plan and I literally weighed the food that he told me to eat and I yeah. ate it and I lost the fat. I got lean, right? Mm. But then two years a lot can happen in two years so this year I got given macros by my coach but what I would do every day is I would macro track so I would be tracking in a variety of different vegetables a variety of different proteins and it wasn't so quote-unquote in the bodybuilding word bro so bro food is very (laughs) yes the terminology is called bro food and it's basically you would only really eat sweet potato rice chicken chicken. white fish asparagus broccoli if you're feeling savvy like and then (laughs) And that's how a lot of people like to prep, but it's because it's easy. You yeah. know, it's you're you're just ticking the boxes. It's, but it's so bad for your body on a nutritional level because uh-huh. variety is key for, for everything, for gut health, right? For different types of phytonutrients. And I feel like because so many people do this, they actually do feel tired and they do feel so awful. Yeah. And I think the difference with me this year is I got leaner than I've ever been before. I and I feel fitter than I've ever felt before but I feel like I've never gone a day where I felt really hungry or I felt deprived or anything and it's because I was having a variety of things yeah it requires you to care a lot more because you're having to be a bit more meticulous with okay well how many grams of carbs does an onion have and Mm. actually it's quite funny on my most recent YouTube video someone was like oh my God, did you just weigh out your spinach? And I was like, well, first of all, (laughs) did you know spinach contains this, this, like these macronutrients? Actually, it should be accounted for if you are going are going that far um but to a regular person i you wouldn't you don't need to weigh out your spinach just eat your your spinach (laughs) but what i've always liked or what i like now about your presence on social media and i think this is a journey that you personally have taken as well is that your yes you you have your protein shakes um and your certain supplements and all of that stuff but you make a real effort for it to be additive free, preservative free, and to not, because so many people I think that are potentially a little bit misinformed will happily reach for the protein bar, that if you flip it over and read the ingredients, like there is a lot of crap and I was there you know and it's definitely it's definitely a journey and especially if anyone's in in the fitness industry you know it's it's so heavily marketed and all these Mm. products are like it's a minefield they sound amazing but it it comes down to right so you're you're prepping for a show or you're on a diet for example and you're trying to lose weight so you feel a bit deprived because you can't just go out and get that brownie yeah we'll have this brownie flavored something right yeah and actually you fall into that trap and now I'm in a place where I feel feel satisfied I feel like I don't need these things and it's because my diet is so filled with whole foods yeah um that I don't even I don't even want don't even crave no I would rather I would rather eat 
15 grams of fat from delicious like organic chocolate rather Mm. than eating a protein bar just to kind of satisfy that craving and that comes down to education and yeah it's definitely something I feel like people are getting more aware of like people like everyday moms like Mm. you know young people they're actually caring about what's in their food now and I I see it when I go to the supermarket everything's changing it's exciting and I guess as well like you have quite a responsibility in the sense that you do have a big online presence um you're a youtuber um you have a big instagram following and what you share really does matter to a lot of people it's quite hard because i feel like i'm just sharing me you know and um for example what i eat in a day videos um on youtube are very very popular for anyone who doesn't know for some reason, people love to watch what other people oh, eat in a I'm day. I'm obsessed. I love yeah. to know what people are having. Do you know what? I don't I, know why. Why I read, is it? I read someone put up an Instagram caption. They were really complaining about it. And I stopped for a second. And I was like, it is no different to putting out a recipe in a cookbook, theoretically. Because a recipe in a cookbook is telling someone how to make something and then how to eat it. Yeah. And that's exactly what a white what I eat in a day video is, really. If you're sharing the food you're eating, how you're preparing it, how you're making it. I constantly watch people's videos and I, I learn a little life hack a food hack get a, yeah. get inspired um I see something and it's just like it's entertainment at the end of the day but it, it is quite hard when I know I have an audience because I'm not do you te- feel pressure to kind of a hundred percent because like I'm a five foot one 44 kg female right so what <laughs> She's I a pocket rocket. <laughs> so what I eat is going to be so different to what someone else eats yeah and I I'm just putting out what I do and it can be quite hard because you obviously come under the public eye and people will have things to say um, mm. and so they they might say well that's not enough food and it's kind of like well is it enough food for me and then and then it kind of it can be quite hard but I try not to take anything like that too hard because yeah. I think I just am, you have to be so self-confident in what you're doing and the choices that you're making yeah I'm sure if there's any vegans listening you've had people um question your veganism or why you don't eat a certain thing mm. and it's the exact same for a bodybuilder it's well why aren't you eating that piece of cake well why aren't you doing that because it's a choice right yeah so as a vegan you're choosing not to eat any animal products and that's a choice because it's something you feel passionate about and it's the exact same for a bodybuilder. It's a choice because it's something you feel passionate about. Yeah. And people are always going to always gonna question you. But you just, I've, I find I use that as like motivation to just prove them wrong, you know, yeah. or just like stick to my guns that little bit more, you know, mm. to, and I feel like anybody who, who is passionate about eating a certain way or living a certain way will completely understand what I'm talking yeah. about on yeah. this one. It could be the choice to not eat grains for a reason or the choice mm. to not eat pork whatever it is Um, and and it's becoming much more acceptable like I I definitely fall into that category I live my life in a certain way um and I would say yeah the majority of my friends are totally down with it there are a couple of people that have never really understood why I want to avoid eating eating certain things and they've never really because because they're maybe super lucky that they don't have any health ailments so they or don't it comes understand down to why education what yeah. we were saying it, yeah it education feeling like they people they're just not educated about it so if you're not educated about something i don't really feel like you've got a place to have a choice about it mm. or you, you, you don't really have you can't really make a choice or an opinion on something if you don't know yeah. about it and also you can be educated on something and disagree you know but yeah, again yeah. that's a, it's a choice and how do you feel about because one of the arguments that is quite kind of current on social media is people I don't know if you call them trolls but the the people that will single you out and tell you that what you're doing is wrong and you're stupid and you shouldn't be doing you're not eating enough or you're not eating the right thing um and then you would and then people come back and they say I'm I'm just doing my thing I'm sharing whatever leave me alone and then the response and the argument is always, well, you've chosen to put your life on social media. So you have no right to tell me that I can't tell you that what you're reading is wrong because you've chosen to make that public. How do you feel about that? Actually, there's two kinds of people. There's the trolls that will have a certain opinion. And then it's the people that you actually know that will have an opinion. And that can be quite hard because that can be someone you consider a friend. And then you'll see them put something out on social media, which completely contradicts the way you live your life or the choices that you make. And it might be completely indirect and not aimed at you at all, but it still applies to how you live your life. Mm. And I think that's as equally 
really hard, if not harder, than the actual trolls because the people who you don't know that just leave a random it's comment, easier to just it's easy just to swipe, forget delete, about forget about it. I'm not going to remember you in a week's time. But it's when you see someone you know, someone in your industry, a work colleague, a friend, put something up on social media. And, and it's kind of directed towards not you even or... directed towards you it might they might not even you might not have crossed their mind but if their opinion on something is so strong that they feel the need to put it on social media mm. but it it applies to your life it that can be really hard and really it hurts you know that hurts mm. more than the the horrible comments because you don't want other people to think of how you live your life in a negative way yeah especially when you care about something yeah. you know if if you're um gluten-free and someone's bashing gluten-free people yeah, yeah. It, you're gonna take it to heart and it's gonna hurt yeah um but as for the trolls <laughs> try not to let them get to me i don't yeah rise above it you know what it's it's never about me it's about my choice mm. right mm. it's never actually well at you, 90% Jade. of the time it's not actually me it's, it's it's a choice I'm making and I feel like when you're just when you you're confident in your choices and you don't care then you can let it go and it's kind of yeah. like I don't I always try and be like jokey back or I yeah. just I would try take I would, it in your stride yeah I would never fight with someone on social when media you, didn't you say once that your your mum replies to lots of the oh comments my, yeah. and she's like she's savage step away from my daughter yeah whereas that I do the so re- awesome I do the passive aggressive thing I'm sorry you feel that way oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the best thing to do like if someone has a negative opinion on how you live your life the best thing to do is just like okay that's cool like i'm gonna keep i understand me. like yeah i'm really sorry yeah that, that that's that's cool like that's just not me you know yeah. and i think that's the best way if, you, if anyone's struggling or anyone has come into kind of conflict with a loved one or um a work colleague who's questioning how they're choosing to live their life i think as someone who's gone through it a lot especially with bodybuilding because it's not something that a lot of people get or mm. understand just be like it's cool you don't understand it it's not for you it doesn't need to be you know what yeah. i mean like i'm yeah. i'm not putting bodybuilding out on social media telling everyone to be the next Arnold no, Schwarzenegger like so so different I would like to be honest I would like to see them try yeah <laughs> I mean I know I couldn't do it and I'm I I always say and you know this about me that yeah. I truly believe that women need body fat um you know the best the way to be healthy is to to kind of try and eliminate stress on the body and all these things and that works for me but I at the same time hugely appreciate that some people are suited to I mean my my husband loves the gym yeah some people are really suited to it and it's and it it's good for their body so long as they're not you know totally wiping themselves out I just think if you look at any elite athlete it's just the differences with something like bodybuilding it comes down to a physique so it's mm. a, it's an external thing right and also obviously we mentioned the minimal clothing so of course that's gonna yeah, the that's sparkly gonna, bikini yeah that's gonna trigger Do those some, things cost a lot oh 600 what? like yeah pounds for a bikini for like a g-string yeah they're really expensive but i, I guess it's like a, a captive audience isn't yeah. it like you guys have to have those do people make their own to save people money do actually i have friends that have god, made it's like them. a whole other world but i would it, love to be a fly is. on the wall for a day oh my god it is because then people will fight to get sponsorships and then it gets very competitive yeah. and it, then it then it's something exciting but like so why does everyone wear um heels which are like see-through i guess it's perspex yeah perspex like stripper shoes (laughs) um people actually wear them because they don't take away from the physique they elongate the leg well yeah it's like a nude a nude court shoe yeah exactly and and when you're doing your rear pose um (laughs) It will Sticking your butt in yeah, people's faces. Yeah, it, it will show off your hamstrings okay. and your glute ham tie-in, which is something you get judged on, which is, it's crazy if you think about it, you're getting judged on your body. But for me, it's it's never about, obviously I love being on stage. I wouldn't do it otherwise. And I say to a lot of people who think about doing bikini competitions, I'm like, do you actually want to be on stage or mm. do you just want to see muscle definition? Because there, you feel like- Two different things. Yeah, you have to actually want to be up on stage. Yeah, and to have that thrill and that kind right. of- Right, and that, but to me that's- Performance That's elements. just the cherry or the frosting on the cake. The the substance and the actual hardy part for me yeah. is the journey that you go through yeah. when, when on a bikini prep, I think. And when did you decide to start 
sharing this because social media is your full-time job yeah. now. Um, but it wasn't always, was it? You used to work a nine to five and how three three <laughs> so where did this all begin because it, it's a huge deal to yeah it's just a huge deal to do what you do and and to sh- and to share pretty much every aspect of your life yeah and it's weird to think because like to say social media is your job is a bit weird especially yeah. when does it still make you feel like hmm. it's just weird when I say it to other people you know what yeah. I mean um it actually happened because I was working two jobs, like I said, when I moved to London. Anybody who's a Londoner will know. Yeah. It's very stressful. And, um, it's an expensive city. Yeah, and on my lunch break every day, I would go to a cold-pressed juice bar, and it was kind of like my little oasis away from work. It was like I was in the busy city. I was in Covent Garden, mm. and it was just kind of this, like, clean, quiet hub of just, like, health yeah and I would go for my hour lunch break every single day and one day the girl behind the desk said you know what you should just work here you know the menu better than anyone else yeah and I was like yeah I should and so I started working at this juice bar and I was meeting bloggers every single day and it was a world I didn't really know about and because I was eating this healthy like um raw vegan food at the time um I would start taking pictures of it and putting it on my Instagram yeah and that's how How many years ago is this this was in 2015 okay and so then that in 2015 I just started sharing what I was eating more um I was obsessed with whole foods like Mm. actual the shop and so I would go and buy all the new products and then I would take photos of them and tag the brands and then the brands would repost them Mm. and then I would get a few followers and slowly but surely my following started growing and then brands actually wanted to start gifting me product Mm. um obviously because it's great advertisement for them yeah and then it got I got to the kind of maybe yeah about April 2016 when I really started considering competing had about 5,000 followers and by November, by my show, I had 10,000. Wow. And so that's, I feel like around that number, people, you start to have a bit of a presence. It's yeah. a bit more than just, oh, an Instagram account, you know? Yeah. And then by the May of 2017, um, I had 20,000. And it was from sharing my fitness journey, my kind of journey starting to gym, starting to eat healthy and sharing my bikini prep. Mm it was from sharing my life and sharing my journey that people started following because I I wasn't doing it perfectly. They weren't watching my videos and learning how to be the best bikini athlete because I was a complete newbie, but it was just Mm. someone who was just sharing something that I was passionate about and feel like anyone can apply this to their life. Like if you're actually passionate, why not share it? Because you're just going to help someone else, you know? And even, even if you don't get 10,000 followers overnight, it shouldn't bother you because you're doing it for you more than anyone else. Like I didn't care at the start that my YouTube videos were only getting a hundred views if I was lucky because I was doing it for me. I was doing it for me and I was doing my bikini prep for me and for nobody else. And that was the, the, how I started my YouTube channel. I did a a YouTube series called Jade to Stage. I know. (laughs) And it was my little Jade to Stage series. I was doing it for me. And then people just joined the journey. And um, by May 2017, I had 20,000 YouTube subscribers, 20,000 Instagram followers. And from there, it's just been like a slow progression. Yeah. Um, But I feel like I've progressed so much, not Mm. not just physically, but like just who I am as a person it's yeah. just like and I love that like I even look at my life like four months ago and I'm a completely different person mm. and I feel like it's from being so self-aware all the time yeah you meant yeah I mean you mentioned earlier that when you first started out on this big fitness journey you had not a great relationship yeah. with food and do you find that the way you have to not restrict, although sometimes you obviously yeah. do have to restrict, but the way you have to be so controlled with your eating now is a kind of, it's, it's been a helpful mechanism to help you to, to cope with those feelings that you used to have. I feel like because before I started my bikini prep, I had no control. I was like l- loose cannon mm. um, and when it came to like food and things like that. Like I had, I just, I wasn't educated first of all. And also I just didn't know. I didn't like know how to stop myself overeating. I didn't know how to like make myself eat good food. You know, I just had such a negative relationship with food that actually the bikini prep made me focus on nutrition so much. And it, it almost taught me structure. Yeah. And I think I may be lucky in that sense that I had it bad to begin with that 
through the journey that I actually learned structure I learned self-control I learned like how to eat correctly almost whereas before I, I was doing the complete opposite I think what a lot of people struggle with and this is where the negative kind of things come around um bodybuilding and physiques competitions is people get so restricted on bikini prep and stuff that when they get come out of it they're so lost and they lose control Mm. whereas because I've already been there I know I never want to go back there yeah so I don't yeah I feel like I in that sense have it good yeah it's like that feeling when you go on holiday and you're like there's a buffet yeah (laughs) and you're like nothing counts yeah but when there's just so much yeah it's like imagine walking into a restaurant where you can have anything that's what it feels like when you come off your right but because I've been in that place where I had no self-control with food and I self-sabotaged myself every single day I don't want to go back to that person yeah um so that's why I don't find bikini prep in any way I don't find it controlling I almost find it therapeutic wow (laughs) because it's I'm yeah I'm not letting myself be that negative being that I was yeah in 2015 it's a really interesting way of looking at it actually it all comes down to mindset 100 percent. yeah it's how someone approaches something if you you're approaching something with a restrictive mindset this can be anyone who wants to lose weight anything like that well if you're focusing on the negative it's going to be a negative whereas if you're if you always say like shift your focus to what you can have and all Mm. the like how lucky are you that you can go to the gym every day and that your body is able to do that do you have a lot more positive yeah sorry I was just gonna say what would be your tips for for anyone listening that has because you know when it it happens everyone you overindulge you have (laughs) you have something that you know you shouldn't have had or you you overeat and you just feel bad about yourself after it's like how do you cope with that like what what's what would you say the best way is to kind of just combat that feeling and get back into the positive headspace I think if, if you eat something that's maybe uh, considered bad, if it's maybe sugars or, if, you know, you had that extra slice of cake, it can be quite hard. But I guess I'd change it back to like turn it around to the mindset thing. And I, I think in my next workout, OK, you're going to push that self. You're going to push yourself that little bit harder. You're going to yeah. lift that little bit heavier. Um, and so you're using it in more of a positive way that it's not negatively going to affect your body, a.k.a. you're not going to put on a po- like load of fat. Um, yeah. You're actually using it in a positive way. And you can use that in with your mindset as well as actually that that piece of cake made me feel so good. So actually it's a positive yeah. It, it was a positive experience. Yeah. And what I learned actually through Bikini Prep, which again is an education thing, is um, it's quite funny. You, you restrict, you restrict, you restrict, you're on locales, and then you'll all of a sudden go out, get this cheat meal, or you'll get a refeed. Mm. And then you get leaner the next week, right? And it's like, what? I've just gone out. I've eaten so much more food than I would normally. I've eaten way more calories than my body needs. I've eaten a fatty burger, yet the next week I'm leaner, right? And the body is a really weird thing, how it works like this, that actual um, competition coaches will will implement these cheat meals and these refeeds and these extra calories because your body utilizes them in, in an amazing way and it will just help you get Does it to... put them into muscle then? Well, if you think about it, if you're dieting, if, even if it's the everyday person dieting, like your leptin levels are being reduced like um you you start to feel deprived Mm. it's almost like a little food bump is that just that little motivational push that you need but like it give you more carbohydrates so then you're able to push more in your workouts or it just picks up your mood a little bit so that you're able to then continue and progress whereas if you dieted for 20 weeks straight with no little cheat meals by week six week seven you're probably going to quit right and I feel like someone can apply this to their to their life so if you're wanting to eat healthier like eat healthy your six days of the week and then one day of the week have have a meal out that you enjoy and stuff because that's going to motivate you for the next week because you're not going to feel so deprived because you've satisfied that kind of craving yeah um what is your what's your thing then that you do or that you eat to help you keep that focus like if if you were to have a little treat or like a cheat meal or do you know what people always ask me this I always think like my favorite like dessert or that you know you have that thing that just makes your soul happy Mm. for me that's brownies right (laughs) but it's not even like um I'll go out and I'll just crave brownies because I don't really have a food craving what I kind of crave the most is just normality in that sense that I sometimes just want to go out for a meal and not worry about what's in something yeah I Um, can totally understand that it must be quite draining it's just sometimes it's nice to not 
care yeah um, and so for example yesterday I went out and I ate out I had breakfast out I had lunch out um and I wasn't able to track any of that but I didn't have any second thought about that I just was like today is a, a me day it's a, mm. a health day it's kind of like a not food focused day yeah and but more of a mindset day yeah, where you're just more indulging just, your body to help your mind exactly right and so then today I just had the best workout and oh. yeah and it was like I probably ate way more calories yesterday because I was eating out I was enjoying myself I was with friends but you just move on, you yeah. know, it's, it's in the past. And I know just from experience that, that these little, like, if you think it's a setback, it's not, it's, it's just going to propel you forward. Yeah. So have that, I feel for anyone who worries on if they've had something bad, if they've overindulged on the weekend, swap the mindset, think of it as a positive thing. Yeah. You've just, you've enjoyed yourself yeah. and now you're going to make more progress. So anxiety is mm. something that you speak about quite a lot on your social media. How does that fit in with your, I mean, some, do you just some days wake up and feel that you just can't get into that positive mindset? I think the reason I do speak about like my mental health as well as my physical health on social media is because you can't have one without the other, right? Like yeah. you can't. The mind and body are so intrinsically connected. connected. Exactly. You can't go to the gym every day with a negative mindset and expect to see results because you're not going to have good workouts. You're not going to be a ha happy, healthy person. Mm. And so I do speak out about my mental health as well because I think it is important for other people to know that you can be trying to live your best life and be like fit and healthy, but still have yeah. setbacks and things like that. Um, and I do feel a little bit of pressure to, to be positive on social media because why would you want to follow a negative person at the end of the day? Yeah. Because it's the same as you wouldn't want to have a negative friend in your life. Right. And I feel mm. like that's the same as, as social media. It's like, it's kind of like an online friend just on a very big scale. And yeah. if someone's like constantly negative in your life, like you don't want that around you because you're kind of like, yeah, because you might be having a bad yeah, day and, you're like, and you, you go keep... on to Jay Jocelyn's Instagram story and she's, and she's, having, she's a bad having a day. Alone. It's like, yeah, you keep your bad vibes to yourself. So it's kind of like I do struggle sometimes um with that and not sometimes wanting to share how I feel but I know from experience that when I've shared the hard times on social media mm. so many people have been able to connected with connect that. and like um resonate and just kind of like understand and maybe even if it helps just one person feel okay about something if they wake up and they have a lot of anxiety and then they they see someone else does that actually it might make it they make, might make their day a little bit easier so I do feel like a responsibility to be a positive person but I feel like I'm naturally quite a positive person yeah. without trying and I didn't realize I was to be honest it still kind of baffles me because I do <laughs> I do suffer with anxiety and I, sometimes I just wake up and I have it and I don't understand why mm. but but that's what it kind of is yeah isn't it? Like, and I when I but then people will say to me I follow you because you're so positive and I'm like am I but yeah. I guess that's just me living my life and just be me being me um and you're doing something that you love I think right that, that so really comes across it just that makes me happy at the end of the day you know when you're doing something you love you're naturally going to be a happier person um and then if my positivity can rub off on someone else like that's that's amazing you yeah. know and um, but I feel like if people are struggling like it's okay um, but just do the things you love because yesterday, for example, I woke up and I was just like, I had the worst anxiety. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to do anything. But the thing that got me out of the house was what I loved. Well, to go to the gym and do what I love was I, I needed to leave the house, right? Mm. So it got me out of the house. It got me out of that anxiety funk. If someone's feeling down, feeling sad. and Exercise is great for that. You can go on a walk, get out, just see people, have some like breathing fresh air. And that kind of comes back to that like holistic kind yeah, of yeah, way yeah. of living your life um and so that's why I think it's important to to know what you're passionate about and know what yeah. you care about because, and to know what makes you happy because so many people don't and it it's sad it mm. really it really makes me upset to think that people don't know what they're passionate about because it, it's that passion that's going to take you places maybe like not I'm not saying like career-wise like me or anything I'm just saying that it it can get you out of a bad situation if you're going through a breakup if yeah. people turn to what they're passionate about to get them get them through something yeah so I think it's important for us to know what we're really truly passionate about and this kind of comes down to like the state of mind right yeah state of mind yeah um 
So what do you eat in a day? And this is my last <laughs> question before we go on to my final three. Yeah. So like on a normal day. Yeah. I mean, I know the answers already and I'm just going to say that Jade's <laughs> breakfast is usually coffee and chocolate. <laughs> and this is so funny because people... I love it. I get messages from females especially. Well, I quite often send you angry messages on Instagram being like, Jade, where is the, you know, the healthy fats, the <laughs> yeah, protein? Yeah, the... But girls message me on a daily basis being like oh I wish I could eat chocolate for breakfast or I wish I could eat chocolate in general not even for breakfast guys but that's so sad because if you want to you can it's just about this is I just make yeah I just feel like so many people are are very restrictive and they don't understand that you can still have these little things that you enjoy just in moderation yeah and I think that's when it comes down to like bikini prep it's like you're having things in moderation you can't have too much of something right that's where definitely i go wrong because (laughs) i will definitely overeat like peanut butter and almond butter don't we all though (laughs) i know that's such a typical like millennial thing to say but it is so true and it's you're not the only person so why do you start your day with coffee and chocolate because it makes me happy Okay. You know what? It's there's no good answer. <laughs> there's no science behind it, and I love science based evidence. Like mm. again, when it comes down to nutrition and, and things like that, like I do love knowing the science behind things and why we have certain things or how certain things affect us. But with coffee and chocolate, it just makes me happy. You it know, makes your soul sing. it makes my soul happy. And you know, if I don't start my day with coffee and chocolate, just not a day worth living really <laughs> and I feel like people need to find those things in life that make them feel that way you know like even if the rest of your day goes crap at least you've done something for yourself that makes yeah. you happy if that's eating a certain food if that's wearing your favorite knickers if that's drinking your <laughs> coffee and dipping your chocolate in like me yeah um so then what do you follow that up with do you know I feel like we all go through food phases mm. um my current food phase I love in the morning having um turkey mince and <laughs> butternut squash or sweet potato <laughs> spinach onion kind of making it into like um a turkey hash yeah almost yeah like a like a hash that you would have with like just a typical breakfast just food, a standard you know? breakfast where most people have a bowl of cereal but the thing is there's nothing wrong with having <laughs> to be fair that is um, chocolate and coffee aside i'm not gonna <laughs> berate you about it anymore but that is a very balanced it's a very breakfast. healthy breakfast and to someone they would couldn't think of anything worse but you know some mornings are like having a smoothie in the morning so mm-hmm. i think it comes down to like listening to your body and after i have that breakfast i feel good like yeah. i want to go and like be productive I want to go to the gym and have a good workout like I want to have a good day after I have that breakfast yeah and I think it's like having that in your life and finding out what that is for you and it doesn't have to be the same so it might not be an omelet every day for the rest of your life Mm. but if if an omelet makes you feel really good in the morning because you know you're full you've eaten vegetables you've you've had some healthy fats you've had your protein you're going to feel satisfied and mentally as well you're going to have that sustained energy that you need to power through your morning it's like finding that in the morning that I feel will help you through the day like even if you're going to a shitty job that you don't like at least you've had your banging breakfast that you love yeah and that you can face the world and then you can look forward to the supper when you come home yeah right and it's so i feel like for people just like find that find what you love if a croissant in the morning makes you happy have the croissant but then like take that into consideration for the rest of your day and the rest of your meals like your veggie that croissant isn't going to make you fat it's gonna it just takes away a certain amount of the calories that you're burning and consuming and Mm. the rest of your meals are might have to be vegetable based or protein you have to get your protein in somewhere because you've just had carbs in the morning you know Um, and that just comes down to like education on nutrition and what like eating enough for our bodies okay yeah all right so i'm gonna ask you the last three questions which i always ask Mm -hmm. all of our podcast guests um what is one thing in your life that you would do again if you could i feel like if i could relive any moment I would love to relive my teens again knowing what I know now yeah um because I feel like although they shaped me into who I am now um yeah I just would I would love to do that again um caring a bit more about myself younger self now care like you matter I think like care about yourself like put yourself first like you are important because I feel like treat your body with respect yeah treat your body how you would want some your loved one to be treated and feel like we 
often don't care enough about ourselves mm. and it's it's okay to be selfish and it's okay to actually care about yourself and I think the more we care about ourselves the more we'll care about others yeah um I love a cheesy quote anyone who follows me will know that but yeah. you cannot pour from an empty cup right yeah so you need to love yourself before you can love anyone else yeah so, so I'd true. love to just be my younger self again and just love myself a little bit more because I definitely was very mean to myself <laughs> um what is one thing you would change if you could change anything again that whole it got me to where I am now if I could change anything I just wish I educated myself on nutrition and stuff sooner in life mm. you know I wish I wish we got educated on it and more as children and, mean, and yeah. yeah exactly because it's just it was something I, I had no idea I didn't mm. like I didn't know anything about food I look back to what I ate as a child and a teenager and like well how are you how do you know to make a smart choice about something if you you don't know Mm. so I wish I could change that in terms of the younger generation and I do feel that it is something that is changing now like supermarkets are bringing out like really healthy like own store products things like that and Mm. there is much more of a focus on like nutrition and sugar and stuff for children which I think is amazing but I wish I could change that for myself and I wish that it happened to my generation or even the generation before because there's so much health problems and stuff with people nowadays and autoimmune disease and things like that and I really feel like a lot of it could be helped with food um but you know I I just agree try and be positive and try and use my experience and the struggles that I've gone through to help other people now yeah yeah okay and finally what does state of mind mean to you feel like state of mind is the choices we make every single day to live our lives if you have a negative mindset you're going to have a negative life whereas if you have a positive mindset you're going to have a positive life no matter what you do and this comes down to your state of mind yeah does that make sense makes a lot of sense it's all it's all a choice everything is a choice in life I always say this like you choose to be happy yeah you choose to be sad yes there might be something like anxiety that you don't have control over but you can choose to go to the gym you can choose to be happy you can choose to smile even Mm. you can choose to just make yourself that cup of coffee that that that's going to make yourself that little bit happier so i think your state of mind is a choice awesome thanks Thanks, jade thanks for having me thanks for listening so so much for tuning in to this episode with Jade. I really hope you enjoyed it and that you can take something away from it as well. I personally feel very inspired to get out there and chase after my dreams just like Jade is doing and I hope you feel the same as well. As ever if you enjoyed the episode please rate us, subscribe and leave a review as it really helps to get the podcast into more people's ears. I'll see you here same time same place next week.